but he doesn't love the war. Inspire AD Fireside. <laughs> okay. Hey, yeah, it's it's me, Max, uh, from Inspire AD, and uh, I am seated here with my good friend Matthew Palmer. Hi, everybody. Uh, that that uh, sound you hear—that is a pit bull's tail wagging. That is not me. <laughs> like I am not just thumping the mic over here. <laughs> So, when last we left off, we were talking about Steve Arino, uh, a guy who seems to have all manner of difficulty personally with a lot of the people in our inner circle yeah. uh, in the business. Um, I'm sure that a lot of that has to do with personal grievances that occur when you're training together. Of course, uh, yeah. Steve-O came through AAPW, uh, which was initially George De La Isla's school, old NWA guy, uh, now run by... Uh, by uh, Who's, who's the trainer over there now? I don't know. Okay. I don't watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really I really don't know. Uh, I remember George, like he like trained like Ricky and, and Albert and them, right? Yeah. I didn't know he even quit. I didn't know he quit training. Yeah, he quit. Um, but anyway, I think a lot of the a lot of the weird uh, ill will that might exist between Steve O and other people really just has to do with instances of weird politics and norms and just dumb shit that people get mad about you know i mean uh, steve kind of always strikes me as a guy that's kind of on the outside he doesn't yeah. he doesn't really run with clicks you know yeah um but i also know that he's this it's it like a lot of that has created an incredible insecurity uh, within him um we had a lot of problems with steve working with specific people but you know I guess was like, I one of them? No, really, because l- like I said uh, in the last show, it's he, he always had like this idea that I hated him. He thinks I think that that's the insecurity talking. You it know? Ha- it has to be because like if there was ever a, a, something I said or did, I, I I apologize for it. I don't mean it. Yeah, but like I don't think there was anything I've ever gone out of my way to be a dick towards him. You know, I, I, unless it maybe it was a disagreement about what we should do in a match, which is fine to me. That's not an argument. That's just two guys talking about work. And so, like, he always had this idea that, like, I guess I was clicked up with Ricky and Albert and, and like, I guess I was a dick to them or a dick to him because I was with them or I don't know. It was just weird. And I was yeah. like, dude, you're just you're my coworker. We, we, I don't understand what's Steve, going on here. Steve and I have had uh, quite a few disagreements he has voiced his displeasure with with us on multiple occasions. With what? Simply not feeling like he's been given enough opportunity. But I don't think there's anybody that we've given more. What opportunity are you talking about? Exactly. He's Mister Inspire Pro. Well, yeah. If anyone should be Mister Inspire Pro, it's me. I'm the one who's got to like save everyone's ass when somebody doesn't want to do a storyline or anything like that, or somebody gets hers. <laughs> like I'm the one who's got to come up here and like make up a new storyline with you. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. I, These other like, guys won't do it. He was legit. He was legit upset when we did that match. That was like for the term of a year. The winner of this four way will be the new face of Inspire Pro. He got legitimately mad that he wasn't in that match. Well, but the thing is, is that you know you have to build other people. You know. Yeah. And. That's that like the the prominence of who won that who won that honor honor in quotations because yeah, it's, it's this, a bullshit title. Yeah, it's this just theatrical sh- theater in a round that we put on. Absolutely, it's not it's not a belt. It's just something that we needed to give to somebody to kind of give them a rub to kind of like 
push them up, you know? Yeah. But he was mad about that. But, like, we've put him with so many great names, and, you know, he delivers. He delivers yeah. for us. And you I know, like his matches. Janela had a great time with him. A lot of the guys from Chikara had a great time with him. I know... I know a lot of other people though, that, that you know mainstays that have worked with him in our company just didn't enjoy the experience. Or... Was that was that after the street fight that he yeah. felt like that? Yeah. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. That's bullshit because like I I, I took an ass kicking in that match and, and I, like, I wasn't going over. I, I wasn't like getting Steve. any I like Steve. thing out of that. I like Steve and and um, one of the main reasons is because. I can make outside of the box pitches, and he's not going to fuck with them. He's just going to do what I want him to do. You know? Yeah. Um, but also, I happen to enjoy his matches. I do too. I, um, I think they're just fine. Yeah. I honestly, I think uh, the stuff between you and Andy and Stevo is a real high point for our company. That stuff was great too because it didn't necessarily involve a title all the time. You know. Yeah, I think it only in the beginning it did, mm-hmm. and then the rest was like. We need some. You needed. I'm assuming. I'm, I'm assuming this is what you were going through. Is like you need the catalyst to get the storyline going, and then make it a blood feud, so you don't have to worry about that belt anymore. Yeah. And like, that's a solid writing right there. You don't need the that belt. kind of push. No. Like I'm. I'm giving you. And, and that's I'm a little that's... offended uh, that he thinks that after that street fight because that street fight was hard on me. Yeah. I took a power bomb on cinder blocks. And, like, it wasn't one of those, like, oh, this freaking kid's breaking kayfabe. I took a fucking powerbomb on cinder blocks and kicked out to give that match quality. And then I had him beat my face into the cinder blocks. And, yeah, I had my hands down to cover it up, but I didn't cover up every single one. I missed a couple of those and took a headshot in cinder blocks. I took off the boards. I got the shit kicked out of me. You know what I mean? Like, we both got hurt that day. We got just beat up for this storyline that he went over on. Yeah. I remember it was one of the few times I told Biss I think I should win this angle. Because I thought Steve would still be sympathetic and I lost the street fight last time. I don't want to be the guy that constantly has these street fights and loses if I'm the one making the street fights. And then uh, I I lost and it's fine. It's whatever. I thought it was great match. Great yeah. angle. But to think that like, oh, they don't give you these any opportunities like motherfucker, I shaved off my lifespan for you. Yeah. That's offensive to me. <laughs> Oh man! But I like. Now but, I feel. But guilty. I don't hate him. Thanks, I don't. Matt. I don't. I don't hate him. I've never hated him. I enjoy his work. He seems like a quality person. Yeah. He seems like he went through like some dark times in there. Yeah. And like got over it, and like awesome. But I never had this like thing like Steve's going to be welcome into my house because I don't really know the man that much. He's just a quality co- coworker of mine, and I, I like him as that. That's it. Yeah. I I can't really speak to people who have problems with him, but um, I think a lot of a lot of the issues that people have with him are squarely based on people really listening to him <clears throat> complain about not having the opportunities that he thinks he deserves. Uh-huh. I look at you and I see you as a guy who should be somewhere very different. And I, you know, I can only assume there's some sort of bitterness there on your part. There is a bitterness. Um, and I hate it when people always, like, mention it, because I'll go to these shows. But I, well, let me finish this at Oh, least. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I do see... I do sense that you are bitter about certain things, but I don't feel like you've ever taken it out on us or me or anything like that. I don't think it's been... I feel like a lot of the time, Steve-O feels like we are this linchpin to his success, and, and 
we haven't done enough, but it's like, well, what about all the other companies you work for? Why is it all on us? You know, right? So there's a bitterness toward us. I've never felt like you're angry or bitter with us because I've never, I've never been angry or bitter at a show. Like there, there's times when like I don't want to fucking do this work or this is the dumbest angle. Uh, Not your show, but just wrestling in general. But I'm bitter and upset at myself. I was four years old when I wanted to be a pro wrestler. I'm 34 now. I've been wanting this for 30 years. And, like, I've been nearly raped. I've gotten the shit kicked out of me. I've nearly died. Uh, People think I'm racist. You know, it's like... And I'm just trying to put on a product. I'm just trying to put on a show that is not real. Or it doesn't... It isn't me as a person. And so, like, I'm pissed off at that kind of stuff. It's like, what opportunities am I going to get now when people think I'm injury prone? What kind of opportunities am I going to get now when people think I'm a fucking racist? You know what I mean? And, like, that's what I'm bitter at. Not at you guys. Just, like, really? Society? Really? You think this shit's real? You think I wanted to deal with these illnesses? You know, you think I wanted to have to fight off three guys so they didn't rape me? What's that about? What? Okay, I've got to hear this story. No, it's, 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 there's not much of a story. It's, what I is was. the context, though? Like, I've never heard this story before. Okay, so I was probably. I was less than six months in the business. Wow. Probably okay. like 135 pounds. Went to some show. I'm not going to say who or what because they're not alive anymore. And so, like, it was an issue of, like, these guys wanted to treat the young boy like a young boy. And if you hear, if you guys hear the term young boy in terms of, like, a Japanese culture and wrestling, uh, it's usually, uh, that person's usually sexually assaulted constantly. Like, I couldn't tell you how many stories of, like, these young boys that were in Japan that had to go jerk off some Japanese superstar or blow them. You know, like, it's fucked up shit like that. And, like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, did, did this young boy go out there and do this? This famous wrestler? Maybe. I don't know. But, like, I know a lot of them come back and told me some horror stories. Yeah. And so, like, these guys, these fucking redneck fucking wrestlers, my first six months in, wanted to do that, I guess, as a rib. Or maybe they're just trying to fuck with me. And I had to fight off three fucking guys and run away. And we're not talking like I was... uh was it Billy Jack or something like that? Like I'm yeah. fighting three guys. I am not winning this fight very well. Yeah, I'm not a, a strong guy. I was very small. I'm not like a hell of a fighter. So I got to run away. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff that's happened to me in wrestling. And like when people say like, oh, Matt's so bitter because he didn't make it. Yeah, I am bitter. And they should be, too. If you're still wrestling in those barns or those metal buildings have some fucking self-respect and try to push yourself harder. And, like, I'm trying, you know, and maybe I'm just not good, or maybe I'm never going to be good enough, or maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm this vanilla midget who looks like Buddy Murphy. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I just look like too many guys, and they don't want to book me. But, like, I want to, and I'm pissed off at myself for not making it. That's my bitterness. My bitterness isn't because somebody at this show didn't push me, or I didn't get any belts, or no one let me do my storylines, or you know what I mean? Like that's that's bullshit. Whatever. We're actors. We're actors who happen to be physical. We have to do what the director and the, and the people you're, want. You're, and you're chasing the ingredient that you think is yeah that is potentially keeping you from graduating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like when people say I'm bitter, and it's like yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of fuck ups I had that are completely my fault. Absolutely. I'm a human being and I'm an idiot. 
Um, I'm so, I try to be nice, but there are some times where I was like, made some really just stupid mistakes. It's like, oh, I'm just, I'll, I'll sit back and be like, oh, God, I'm so dumb. And then kind of like laugh it off and like, you know. Yeah. But I'm not, I don't know. I don't think anybody owes me anything. And there's a lot of guys who are bitter because they think people owe them something. And like, I think that's bullshit. I, I, I'm grateful that people can give me eight to 15 minutes on their show. I think there are a lot of people who think that the world is keeping them down, and in reality, they're keeping themselves down. I agree. Anyway, okay. let's let's move on. You're right. Let's, let's move let's on. Get, let's get back to like um, the genesis of you coming to inspire. What made you? What made you decide that you needed to be there? Because well, I didn't think. Honestly, I was shocked. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember any specific well, time I, where I was like, I need to go to inspire. It, it almost felt like... Well, there, there, there was a moment where I asked you. Yeah, you had. And you said, I don't think this is right. I need to be over here. And I, I've, mm-hmm. I've been given this opportunity with ACW and I need to just kind of see it through. Mm-hmm. And of course, I don't think you were... I don't think you were permitted to do a lot of the things that you wanted to do unhampered. Uh, creatively over there absolutely is that fair to say oh yeah i don't know i don't know when your tenure as the power booker of the it was like it was like two months yeah. and by the way during those two months i was never paid yeah so like a lot of those matches like that match with masada Ooh. that hardcore match where i got skewers and the shit kicked out of me i think they gave me like 30 bucks maybe yeah uh and stuff like that and some of those matches near the end i didn't get paid at all yeah and i had to go up there and say hey uh i haven't been paid in so many shows and then they'd be like what do you mean you haven't been paid it's like you guys don't even know speaking of bitterness i'll I'll say this i still don't get it um if i didn't pay somebody i'd get killed like he would he darren had just built up that loyalty and i think i think he had ruined that little bit of faith that we had in promoters to where when you came along you were dealing with the same people but we had already dealt with darren yeah and so like if you didn't pay us we're like fuck that we've already learned our lesson that's what you had to inherit he got to do all the bullshit carny shit and then you had to go in the straight and narrow at all times but then but then they'd go back to darren the next absolutely yeah it was um, like darren's like our weird wrestling dad he let all us weirdos and and skinny nobodies like have a shot so then i was the stepdad that kind of yeah you came in and like turned out like oh he was the much better dad the whole time <laughs> oh wow. and he was sober <laughs> so like <laughs> not well not really actually i was pretty fucking hammered at a lot of the at a lot of the shows up at two yeah near, near the end they were they were always high or drunk yeah. and like they were going like darren in particular he was going through a rough time it's yeah. hard it's hard to say that he's irresponsible and a piece of shit and then also know what he was going through what what he put himself through and all that situation it sucks it's, oh, yeah. it sucks he's he's a human being and he 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 caved a little bit there i think he has a kind of a wonderful mythology to him and uh i doubt he'll listen to this but mm-hmm. um the story about him breaking his back and triple a i believe it was, he was in, i don't remember I, 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 he, he was in a cage match i believe where he broke his back down in mexico mm. and i always thought that was and, and he was really never physically the same after that um i may have some details wrong there but um that's what i was always told and i always thought that was kind of incredible and sad and tragic um and i know that he is a guy who has a lot of ambition things that he's wanted to accomplish um I also think he's a tremendously egotistical dick, um, and I think that's honestly probably his his Achilles heel. 
Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, anyway, so I remember just you coming in, like, you kind of came to me, I'm pretty sure. And you were like, yeah, let's do something. I think it had to be, it had to be something where Darren uh, threw me under the bus for the booking thing. Yeah, he did. I know he did that. And uh, and I knew he like apparently according to friends of mine were shit was shitting on myself and Adrian when we had left ACW and yeah. talked about how like we had ruined this company with our ideas and stuff like that. And I was like, what ideas, man? And it's like it's the same loose, barely structured show as always. You talk about that get Jeff Gant Machiko match, and then later that night oh, he had Jeff and, and, yeah. and you, Albert. You wanted to talk about this, didn't you? Well, like, yeah, a little bit. Like those pre-show matches, yeah, were never planned. It was basically who's here and who can waste time. And so, like, when Jeff and Machiko have a match, you have two extremely green, uh, and in the case of Machiko, not athletic people, in a, in a ring, and told them that here you go. That's the match. Create a story. What are you going to do? So Jeff Jeff looks like a creep to begin with, so he's going to play the creep. But in the terms of like stories and stuff like that, the pre-show matches, we never tried to think of those as as part of the show. Yeah. They were just a throwaway fuck-off thing. We had, we got a little extra time on the ring to work on stuff. Like, I was uh, in a tag team with Darren. We did the mask thing, like the pumpkin and stuff like that. Like, I was in there just to get extra time on the ring to... to get better yeah but when the main show happened we had our separate storyline so then that jeff gant ach match happened they weren't considering that you guys had already sat through that opening thing and so the wrestlers were like we don't even think about that shit we were like throw that shit away it's garbage let's let's pause for a second um i caught a lot of shit for being one of the vehement hecklers during that 45 minute Mm -hmm. ach jeff gant and i think yeah and i was not there Mm mm-hmm um, I did sit through the match where Jeff Gant won Machiko as a prom date. And <laughs> did then, you just leave after that? No, I, I stuck around and I looked at intermission, but I actually had gone off to Alamo Draft House on Sixth Street to a hosting gig. Um, it was like one of the one of the only shows that I think I really ever missed, and I mean I, I was still there for the first half of it, but I didn't see that match. A lot of people give me shit for crapping on it and whatnot. I personally think I got Gant more over in our f- very first show than Darren ever did in that company. Um, you know. Yeah, it's it, it's hard to say because I don't remember a lot of the stuff you were in ACW. Yeah, but you weren't. But you I'm, weren't there at our shows though because like we had. Gant. No, I hadn't been there yet. Yeah. So he, if you look back and you see how the crowd reacts to him when he's doing the he's doing the uh, the black metal gimmick he's kind of in this this stable uh, with with Greg James okay and um, I think it was uh, yeah Greg James and, and was it silver no Kyle Hawk no Kyle Hawk was in the gimmick with Greg that yeah, tag gimmick later, that lasted later two on, months yeah it was I think it was JC Bravo and um, and and well but JC Bravo looked good yeah, did what he was told and was fantastic. When you look back at those matches, it's kind of surprising how good they 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 are. They aged well. They look good. Well, when I when is, I scoffed at JC Bravo, it wasn't because of JC Bravo. It's because I remember the Smurfs and Submission <laughs> Squad's never ending feud. And I was like, oh, that was that sorry. was that shit was terrible. But um, I gotta say though, uh, Gant was this guy who was co opted into this black metal stable, which was scary, drooling black 
missed, you know. Mm-hmm. And Gant comes along and gets, he basically gets abducted into it, and he is in this corpse paint, but he is still waving at the crowd and smiling and looking real happy, and then they kind of smack him around to try and get him in line. <laughs> so he was he was definitely the weird odd man out in that clique, but when you see the crowd respond to him, um, <laughs> they're really responding to him. That's he's awesome. really over, and he's really beloved. And when Jeff gets his ass kicked and gets beat out of it, people are pissed. So he was over as this underdog face, which was how I thought he ought to be utilized. I thought he was the most over when they called him McLovin and he was just a ref. No, he was very over for that. And like, I I never, I never would have used him as a uh, wrestler because of that. I agree with you. Uh, I would have had him work other shows, but as far as ACW, he would have been the most loved referee. He would have been a great part of the show for a heel to come and beat his ass Uh or like something like that. I would. I, I agree with you. Um, but yeah, so anyway, you come in. Yeah. What what was what what were your initial impressions of the company? I'm curious. I was nervous. I, w- I was I was nervous, not in the aspect of like performing, but Austin is very close to me as far as wrestling. I, I when it comes to Austin, yeah. I feel like I try to give a little bit more than I would say another place. It's a smart audience. Well, it's not just a smart audience, but like I said in there's one of the other... Pers- there's a personal uh, personal relationship. Yeah, there's a reason why I proposed to my wife in Austin in that ring. Yeah. And it's because it, it meant a lot to me and her. Um, and so, like, I loved Austin, but I was going to a new place. I felt a little bit like a traitor. Because, like, Darren had given me... Like, like I said, ACW was the first place where people actually chanted my name. After two years of job and getting my ass kicked, just really trying. And getting paid maximum of like 30 bucks if I got paid half the time. And I just, I felt, I felt like a piece of shit a little bit. And at the same time, I remember being there and like, this place looks so much better. Like, I think we were the Marquesa. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, this, this looks like a show. This looks like... Because to me, atmosphere is everything. Mm-hmm. If you have the spotlight on the crowd and the lights are up, like you go outside outside venue like they had at Mohawk, uh, no one wants to cheer as much because they get self-conscious. Oh, am I allowed to cheer at that? Oh, people are going to judge me. You turn out the lights and you have a venue like the Marquesa where people can breathe, people can walk around the ring without the wrestler kicking them in the face. Uh, like, it's awesome. People love that. And then I, therefore, am able to like get them to respond back, which makes me love it more. But like... That for, like doing the uh, void gimmick and then going there and attacking Dell and being teamed up with Franco. I don't think Robert had come in yet, right? No, not yet. And it was like, I remember I was happy that I got to be with Dell because we never got to have that blow off. We really built up that blow off in ACW. It was going to be my basic coming of age yeah. in, in, the, in the card. Uh, being being the young whipping boy, Marty McFly. He's a heel, but he's not a heel character in the faction with Dell, Spiro, and Robert Evans. Uh, never, it never happened. Something happened with Dell and then somebody at the Mohawk that Dell got fired and never came back. And yeah. so it was like we shifted it to like me and Evans, the other whipping boy at the stable, and we did the best we could. And I thought we had a good angle, but like I never had that shot with Dell. And then years later, we had a triple threat with Jerry Lynn and Dell, and it was kind of whatever. I think Jerry was a little hurt. And so it was, eh, it's whatever. And so, like, I get to go in there, and right off the bat, I'm 
wrestling the guy that I wanted to wrestle. Or I'm not wrestling, but I'm starting an angle with somebody I wanted to wrestle. It was a big it was a big moment for you to come in. Mm-hmm. It was like it felt big. Yeah. It was treated like a big thing. And I had no clue about Darren uh spoiling uh, the Matt Palmer's void thing. Ooh, I was mad. I had no clue. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that until I listened to the podcast. Yeah, and uh, he was tweeting at everybody as the show was going on. Yeah, and I was still. I think I was still working his show. One, uh, a couple, like I think they had one more date with him or something like that. Yeah. I had to drop the hardcore belt, which, by the way, I dropped every belt that I, I had at ACW was a surprise to the opponent. I dropped it to. I lost the heavyweight belt to Vega. Didn't tell him he was winning. That was just a fun thing. The squad and I. I told the squad, like, I'm going to lose it tonight. I'm not going to tell them either. Well, I lost the hardcore title to Barrett without telling the promoter. I told... I wasn't... (laughs) (laughs) And so it was just one of those things, like, I've been hardcore champion for, like, three years, which is absurd to begin with. Also, it's absurd to have a hardcore title on a show that has no rules. I think that's fucking stupid. It is stupid. And, like... We would... Dude, that was one of the things we heckled all the time. I got a damn near standing ovation when uh, Albert and I said that this match would be contested under... Uh, normal traditional wrestling match rules for the hardcore belt at some show. Yeah. Like, everyone was like, yeah, and like almost standing up and shit like that. And I was like, sweet, this is going to be real easy. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> but like I had, I, I had done that. I'm almost certain I did that before I left or before I went to inspire. So he's probably upset about that, but I think I came back and I had one more match. And mm-hmm. so like, he was just talking shit. I had no clue. I don't even think I had a Twitter at the time. And I was like, that's, that's upsetting, man. It's like you think all the concussions and all the beatings I took that you could let me have that. Yeah. And like he, this, it, he was he was really doing it to spite us, but in the process... You he only kind spited of, me. Yeah. Because like you guys are like... Because like you guys aren't going to get hurt by him saying, oh, it's Matt Palmer 10 minutes before the match happens because no one's watching Twitter. They're looking at the show. I'm going to get hurt later on when I find out about it because I, I considered him like a mentor. And turns out he thought I was just a disposable piece of shit, apparently. I also thought it was just spiteful to do to people who were paying money to come see our show. Yeah, I was thinking personally. I wasn't even thinking, like, how that would affect people. Because, like, nobody wants to walk into a movie theater and the guy walking out going, like, Oh, did you hear Harrison Ford died? Yeah. You fucking asshole. Yeah. Exactly. It was... I thought it was just... it, it Really, he didn't think about who he was hurting in that equation. He just... He didn't really hurt me. He just pissed me off. I think he was just lashing out. I think yeah. I think it was one of those things. And maybe I'm giving him too much of a benefit of the doubt on this one. But maybe he was just lashing out because so many people had jumped ship that somebody he thought was more loyal. Which really had, nobody had nobody really jumped ship though. Because, there is no jumping ship. Yeah. It's indie wrestling. I mean, like seriously, we don't actually people, know people, what the territories are. People were going back and forth between both companies. Darren was the only guy who said, hey, if you work over there, you can't work over here. There weren't, nobody really had jumped ship. People were still going back and forth. Yeah, like, like there is no jumping ship to me. That, that, that makes sense. That does, it's silly. It, to me, it feels like they're trying to put more clout and more weight on their company than deserved. It's like it's not WCW jumping shit to WWF or vice versa. No, like you're an indie show who can barely pay your rent, and I'm going to another indie show where if you have a bad night, you might not have a second show. Like we have to be realistic about what happens. We are not multi-millionaire promoters. You have to have a good show. No one was paying their house note from ACW. It, it, yeah, and so like you get to go to Inspire. And uh, like I said earlier, I think bef- I don't think we got cut, but like I kind of felt like I was tr- uh, betraying ACW a little bit. But at the same time, I was like, "Look at this place; it's so much better. The roster is a million times better. 
it actually looks like wrestlers who can wrestle and do cool stuff, even if they didn't have the stereotypical, like, body. You knew that these guys could deliver. Ricky Stark's not a huge dude, but you knew Ricky could deliver. Thomas Shire, you knew he could deliver. He was a real wrestler. Whereas, like, you're getting a lot of guys at ACW that are only there because they got a ride with their buddy. Yeah. You know? And so, like, when I walked into Inspire, and by, I think, by the time that Evans had basically not come back to Inspire from that fiasco of that that uh, group that you were making, mm-hmm. when he was gone, it felt like I was now a part of the show. Like, I was fully angry, and I am now truly a part of this roster. Because uh, I, I don't know why. It just it just felt like I was still trying to get my feet wet. I was trying to get used to the place. Robert came in. You had that. Ar- you two had that argument about the whole creative angle that he didn't want to be in the group, which I think Robert had also gotten the job at WWF as a writer. Oh, had he? And uh, I don't think he could say anything because WWF has this, or WWE has this weird thing where like you don't say you got hired because they've pulled contracts from wrestlers because they posted on Facebook like I got my dream job, and they pulled contracts. I don't know why. I don't know why they do just. They, they, do, but do they tell people not to talk about it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. they, they usually tell people why to talk would, about it. Why would you talk about it if they told you not to talk about it? True, but at the same time, why would you be such a stickler on something like that? It should be like, if if you were going to go work for Chase or J.P. Morgan or something like that, and you and they said, don't tell anyone you got the vice president job, and then you said, like, I got my dream job, and people knew your dream job was working at J.P. Morgan, and J.P. Morgan <clears> pulled it. Yeah, you sh- they didn't want you to say it, but you didn't sign a non-disclosure agreement. They just yeah. kind of told you, don't say it, and then, like, you kind of let it out. Are you really going to ruin their life? <laughs> uh, and so, like, that kind of stuff had happened to where they got their contracts pulled. And I think Robert, it wasn't too long after Robert was in Connecticut <laughs> writing. And so, like, I don't know if that had something to do with it, or and he was trying to hide it under some weird excuse to not have us all together, because it did seem real flimsy why he didn't want us three together. I was like, this seems like a really good stable. <laughs> it seems like a really solid group of guys I can work with. So, like, I'm still trying to get my God feet wet. I'm still was... trying to get used to it. And then that drama happened. And then when he left, I was like, okay, it's just me and Franco. This is cool. And then everything seemed to be smooth from that, then on. That, I guess it, I mean, it also might have just been like an ego thing where he just didn't appreciate me at the stature that it's, I was it's at. Possible. Point, you know? It's possible. It's entirely possible. Dude, it was like getting yelled at by, by a yoga instructor. <laughs> It was terrible. And like, I love Robert, too. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah. Family. Do you remember what I, he was, like, trying to lecture me on, like, some weird Eastern philosophy? I, I don't remember that. Yeah. But I do remember that he said, and it's something I agree with, however I didn't think it was the case for this, was that uh, he said, each one of us is a main event in our own right. I was like, okay, sure. Uh, there's no reason to put us all together, because... It doesn't make us, each one of us is like 100% or some weird thing like that, he said. And it doesn't make us 300% when you put us together. It's still just 100%. So you could have three separate segments and that kind of nonsense. You could still do that even with you guys together. Well, I didn't think that all three of us together were like main event worthy. I was still the young kid who had to get over. And I wasn't far away, but I wasn't main event yet. I was hot opening match, solid mid card. And it wasn't until they had all left that I got to be main event. Yeah. And like when they got when they left, Franco was hurt and Robert had left, uh, and it was just me. I think that's when I got to finally be a main event. Like I, they were almost in the way. I don't think any. Honestly, this isn't to insult anybody, but I still think that that audience, which was fairly fresh, um, Franco was not not necessarily 
they were not familiar with Franco to the extent that a lot of Texas wrestling fans were because there were a lot of people who had never been to a wrestling show coming to these shows. Uh-huh. And um, also, when Franco was in ACW, it's not like he got to have these spectacular matches. It was just go in there, throw a couple small guys around, and that's it. Yeah. And it may be his fault. That may be Darren's fault. Who knows? But it's not like he got to be this beloved character there. Yeah. So, But, but we had an audience that we were still building everything, mm-hmm. building everything around. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think I don't think that you ever had that had a moment where you realized that everything that we had built was partially for you. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. it, but it, but that was the reality. Yeah. You know, we we there were guys that we built this for that we we did it for. You were one of them. It was so weird to build this company and, and not having have you <laughs> yeah. in it. You know what I mean? It's I like, built this company for Matt and Ricky Starks <clears throat> and like we show up a year later, <laughs> you know, like not Ricky, but like me. Yeah. Um and what a dick move on my part an yeah. inadvertent dick move it's like hey man this thing's for you like I'm losing money for you you know what I mean it's like any day we're, now, t- man. we're taking a risk here brother you better show up before we have a bad show yeah. you know? and uh dude I remember that first year that was a lot of fun that was I think I think I feel like that chapter of my career at Inspire ends when Andy takes the belt from me yeah, I feel like that first year. It felt like this is chapter one. Here's this guy who comes in smaller than everybody else in the ring, but attacks him with this crummy like void mask and his King of the North shirt. You know, because the only black shirt I owned or something. And then like takes out the mask, and people are like, "Yay, it's Matt!" I was like, "I'm a bad guy." <laughs> so like, but they still think it's like, "Here's this lovable kid who can't grow facial hair." And then like by that point, I had grown to this. I had an undefeated streak. We mm-hmm. had like, I think we had inadvertently given me an undefeated streak to where like, uh, when Roe came along, and I had a Russell Roe. It was undefeated versus undefeated, but it's, it's me versus this monster <laughs> biker looking Jack dude is like, yeah, I'm going to kick his ass, you know? And by the end of it, I'm over here threatening Andy Dalton with a knife and telling him, I know where your family lives. <laughs> so, so, you know, that just, but your character, everything flowed well. You know? Well, yeah, that was... Nothing felt disjoint. There was never a moment where I was like, this doesn't make sense. If if I had done that anywhere else, it would have been it would have been garbage. Yeah. And it was only... And it was not just because I didn't know what I was doing, but it was like when something like that, people would just let... I just let Matt do it. Yeah. And it would have been garbage because I'm just throwing shit to the wall, seeing what sticks. I didn't have somebody like you who was like, let's do this, Matt. Let's do this progression. Let's do this match. Trust me. Trust me. Which is your catchphrase backstage for the first couple of years. It's like, just trust me. And I remember I used to get pissed off all the time when he said that. Because like, it was like, Matt, just trust me. And I was like, why don't you trust me, motherfucker? I'd do this too. <laughs> so like, and like, swallowing yeah. my own pride, I go out it, there and do it. And I was like, yeah, he's fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I never heard. I never, I rarely ever heard. No, yeah, I, 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 I thought, I thought I would always give you props because, like, I'd well, have that you, match with Andy or Dell. People would be through the roof. The Chuck Taylor matches, and like, you would always be the first one. Like, would you, like real, like smug but friendly of like, what'd you think? <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> motherfucker, all right. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you know, that section where like there was that table at the Marquesa that mm-hmm. was next to the uh, where you guys sat and the other wrestlers kind of like hovered around, but the fans wouldn't go near. Even yeah, though it wasn't behind the curtain. I remember always I'd exit through the curtain and I'd come there and, and basically would be like, hell of a match, brother or whatever. Like, I don't even know if you'd ever watch it. It was always the same response, whether it was good or bad. <laughs> and then like you're just like. What'd you think? <laughs> I was like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I was like, it was great. <laughs> you always, you always downplayed. You're like, oh, that's all right. <laughs> well, it was, it was one of those things. Like, it's, it's hard to say what's good or bad 
because like the crowd may have loved it, but I've been in some real shitty matches. Like I've gone back and looking, it's like, oh my god, people love this. What garbage! Like in our, some... in our company? No, 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 no. Well, name a name a bad match in our company that you had. A match that you think um, just stunk. What shit the bed? Uh, Terrell Tempo. Really? I had a match with Terrell Tempo, and he said, "I want to do a whole bunch of like submission stuff. I want to get that over a submission." And I was like, "Why are we doing this now, man?" I literally just stole Roxy, your former manager. I'm doing this angle with this referee, Austin, where I keep bullying him and stuff mm-hmm. like that. The finish was even where I, I had uh, Terrell in a submission. He grabs the ropes, and I bully the referee to call the match anyway. And he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, but, like, it was a bad call on my part for that finish. Uh, the match itself was just, it never changed gear. It was just always, like, this, this Monday you're right. No, you're correct. And, it uh, wasn't bad. It just was. Uh, it was not what it needed to be yeah. at all. Yeah, it's like we were we were coasting in second gear that match, and we should have we should have picked it up. We should have scrapped the damn submission stuff and like did real pinfall yeah, falsies. Absolutely. Um, that match probably my least favorite match. Uh, there's a match I have with JoJo. I think it was the night I did the King of the Black Women game, mm-hmm. which and uh, I it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It 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 felt like it was overshadowed by the hour long promo I did because I think there was something where I was like Matt I need you to eat up a little bit of time because I think something happened with Jojo we had to go to the restroom or some the technical difficulties I don't know what it was but it was just like Matt go eat up some time and so I had like I was already nervous because I it was Martin Luther King Day you jerks and he had me do <laughs> the, the King of the Black Women gimmick and I'm very nervous and I'm a little scared about cutting this promo. And then I cut that promo, and then I still have to eat up more time. <laughs> and so it's like, I don't know what to say now. Yeah, no, no, I'm no. Not, I'm, I'm not used to talking on the mic. I'm not a guy that they give me the mic very often. You guys hear my voice. Do you want to hear this all the time? So, like, you know. But you're funny. Right. But I'm also the heel. So. <laughs> well, that's okay, though. Um, so, like, that match itself, was it was okay. And JoJo's one of those guys that's so good, and he knows so much. I don't know if I could ever keep up with him. So I always get real self-conscious because like, I want to be as good as all the matches I've seen him do, yeah. but it's just like, I can't do those cool shit, Jojo. I'm sorry, man. No one ever showed me how. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so that match is like, eh, it's okay. All right. Well, do you have any, uh, uh, do you have any questions for me? Cause this was, uh, this is definitely, um, we focused on me too much. Damn it. <laughs> not, no, no, not at all. But I know that you have some. You have some. I, I, I do. You're curious um, about some things. I do. Um, I we we had mentioned earlier, uh, maybe in another episode, yeah, about uh, me proposing to my wife in the ring. Uh, there was a big problem uh, during that issue because of Brandon Strap. Yeah. And I figure you can tell the whole story because you were dealing with it before it ever became aware to me. Uh, as far as like booking Adrian. You mean just that. him being difficult? Well, so. I'll explain a little bit. Um, to get my wife to the show, she wasn't booked. It was yeah. supposed to be like Barbie versus Kimberly, I yeah. think it was. Yeah. To get Athena to the show so that I could propose to her, uh, I had to like tell her we have to do something for a promotion, for a sponsorship, so I can get her an address. I had to get her parents down there. And then Brandon Stroud didn't want to book her on the show. Yeah. Because he got his all feelings hurt. It's like, because like his magnum opus was going to be Kimberly versus Barbie Hayden or some crap he booked. Uh, not that they're bad wrestlers. It was just, I just, that I was, I've been mad at that guy ever since, let alone the fact that he's a piece of shit. But like, what was the shit you had to go through 
to deal with that asshole just to get my fiance in the car at the time or my girlfriend in the car at the time. We had to tell I think we had to tell him what what you had planned. And I think okay. once you shine the light on what someone intends to do, he could have continued to push his agenda, but he would look like an asshole. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, you know, well, he was a very vain and arrogant person. Mm-hmm. And once we explained it to him in those terms that this is something that we need to do, and that's what we really said, yeah. we're doing this, he kind of, you know, let us foot off the pedal, you know? Um, I hate that fucking guy. Yeah, I hate him too. I remember there was a point, and this I think it was after you had told me what was up with that dude, uh, as far as like throwing a bitch fit about getting my wife there. Um, I remember there was a time where like we were talking and you said, you're basically at the mercy of his emotions. Like, he always like, oh, I'm going to kill myself and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, let him do it. Fuck him. At that point. And you were like, no, 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 no. And now, looking back on it, my opinion still hasn't changed. What about yours? <laughs> Should have let him do it. <laughs> well, it's hard to it's hard to make that call because if I, you know, he wouldn't have been around had I known what I know now. Oh, of course. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't. Of course. He would have been long gone. No decent human being would let him. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird question to ask me, but I still think that if someone. And I'm talking about just in the context of shutting out all of his crimes. Um, at the time, I still think that I made the right call. Because, like, honestly, I don't want to contribute to somebody's demise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you know, he... I don't remember that thing being... That, that situation being as difficult as, as Biss made it out to be. But he may have had to deal with a lot more. Was it Biff <clears throat> that told me... It, my, it probably was Biss that, that... No, no, because I, I knew. Out. I was aware of it. Because like, right. there were a lot of times where Brandon was being a brat, and I would have to come in and go, this is the way it is, and if you don't like it, you can fucking go kick rocks. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's typically how it worked. You know? What was it like? Because um, I remember there was a point where I had pitched a few angles to you uh, that didn't involve me. Yeah. And I remember him like throwing a little bitch fit. Because I guess he thought I was replacing him or something like that. Trying to. Whatever. Yeah. I don't really remember uh, a lot of that stuff. Because like oh, okay. I said, Biss was really the buffer between me, Brandon, and I. Yeah. He didn't... Brandon had kind of... He kind of existed to divide us. So that if we... Ever, he didn't want us to get together. And if we started sharing notes, we would have figured out what the fuck he was doing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was sort of uh, guarded and kept out of the women's stuff. Yeah, you may remember I was not allowed to book any of the women's stuff. I had I, I had no clue. I was in the dark yeah. about. I thought Brandon was an owner. Nope. Uh, up until he was gone, I could have sworn that dude owned uh, equal share to you and Josh and this. No, he never. He never did. I mean, he he invested in uh, flights occasionally, but that was to the benefit of his own agenda. Which yeah, was it's just typically not about wrestling. It was about his dick. Yeah, he was trying to get his dick wet all the time, yeah. and and I had no clue. He was dating somebody I had a crush on as a kid. My first childhood crush, Destiny. Yeah. He was dating her. And I remember Destiny being one of the sweetest people I'd ever known. Yeah. I thought she was beautiful, sweet, much kinder than I ever was as a kid. And I, uh, looking back on it, I was like, man, I was a little piece of shit kid. And, like, he was dating her. And I was like, oh, he must be a good guy. It's Destiny. And then, like, find out he was being a piece of shit to her like that. And I was like, you motherfucker. Yeah. She's like an angel. 
personally. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have much to say about him. We just actually wrapped up the episode of Inspire AD where we actually gave him the heave ho. Good. So we kind of and a lot, but I've heard so much. How did you tolerate, or why did you tol- why did you do this? You know, why did mm-hmm. you do that? But a lot of it is just it's just hindsight. Not only hindsight, but like uh, there was there was an element of emotional terrorism where this guy would constantly say he wanted to fucking die and you don't want anybody's blood on your hands no matter how annoying they are you well, know speak for yourself i was okay with it at that point you I were honestly, you were but like uh, it's not it's not my job to go save someone's life if they want to to me my stance is like if you want to go go it's not my job <laughs> so like to, well, was, and so like i already hated him at I, that point I wasn't, so. I wasn't holding him at night you know what i mean i was i was just basically being encouraging yeah what, what i'm saying is that i'm not going to pull punches just because you're sad or you're yeah. depressed and like you have those tendencies like i i hate you i'm not gonna stop hating you because you don't like yourself either <laughs> <laughs> so like and so like and that and people listening are probably gonna like have very strong feelings about that towards me and how i'm and you know a piece of shit but like that's just the truth uh, to me and like you were a much nicer guy <laughs> than i am I was tolerant, um, but there. I was also in a position where I thought that Biss and Brandon were much closer than they actually were. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't close, and he, he was fed up with, with him. And of course, Brandon was often using my name for credibility, saying Max and I did this, and I was like, no, that didn't have anything to do with that mm-hmm. bullshit. I wasn't interested in fucking Paige Turner, you know. <laughs> um, She's a nice lady, but like I smiled roommate. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think she was very good, you know. Yeah. Um, at the time, she improved over time. She got, you know, she. I mean, she did evolve, but um, when he had her doing stuff, I thought she was imperatively green. You oh. know. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. It just it wasn't the time or the place, and I think like a lot of his shit was him basically thinking, hey, I made this pun. Wouldn't this be a good angle? A fucking pun is not a fucking angle because you have to know where you're going with something. That's why I, that's why I would always kind of go, well, I'm going to book for, from from this end of the, from the end of the year all the way over to here, which could have been 18 months out. Right. And I did that because I wanted to do justice to a lot of the people that were in the company because, man, one of the first things that you, that I always have a wrestler ask me is, where's this going? And I always want to be able to give them a straight answer. Mm-hmm. I always, and I always can. It's a really weird question to ask, too. And yet, it's it's so simple. Where is this going? Yeah. Because no wrestler has ever asked, where is this going, without their own opinion that it's about to come out of their mouth. Well, you know, it's like, so- where is this going, brother? Well, you're going to win the belt at WrestleMania. Well, how about this? It's like, why do you have to add your, <laughs> your two cents to it? Well, for the most part, though, whenever I do get that question and I answer it, I never have anybody go, no, 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 no. I think it's the same way when someone asks you to write five seasons of some shit to get the syndication. They want to know that you're not just going to use them to do this thing and then gone next month. It's almost their way of kind of like wetting their toes and knowing that the water isn't freezing cold. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I never take offense to it. It's always, okay, well, if you have plans for me for the next, you know, few years, I'll definitely make you a priority. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's the way it is. Very few people have come up to me and been like, ugh. I don't like what you're doing. Right. And 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 even if they don't like it, they usually just disappear or are unavailable for bookings. That happens. Yeah. I think Barrett, Barrett Brown was that case. I don't think he liked what we were doing. I, I don't know, but he's also one of those guys you could also say, like, 
he either didn't like it or he was booked somewhere. Like he actually was booked somewhere else. It's hard yeah. to say, but like guys fall off. Yeah. I and mean, that's just the way it is. Guys grow, outgrow a company or they don't feel like they have any more to contribute and they don't want to be exposed and be like, Oh, I'm just going to have these regular matches with no story or nothing like that. I'm just some job guy. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes you got to go and do the favors, man. It's like you, you can't ride the highs all the time. Sometimes you got to go back down to the mid card or, uh, the low card just so you can rise back up again i mean take a break man We're, you're oversaturated guys like barrett carson dell they're everywhere and yeah then, and then it's just like hey man you're always in the main event you're you're wrestling the same guys you're always having some belt <laughs> you know it's like take a break and so like that happens naturally like guys like that i hate it when it's always oh i didn't like the way they were booking me and it's like how are they booking you oh i lost well, no shit, asshole. Everyone, half the half the roster is going to lose tonight. Like, why does that matter? Oh, they they keep making me lose. Make a fucking storyline out of it. You can't tell you can't tell me you can't do an underdog storyline. <laughs> like, you know that kind of that kind of annoying well, shit. Well, that it, 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 man. I always felt bad about how we booked Lance Hoyt. I really did because because the thing is though with that guy, he was always going somewhere. So he would show up and go. Yeah, I'm available for this date. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that you can't have him come in and kill somebody who's going to be there for the next right. eight shows. Yeah, that's a hard thing to do. You know, and then like, still keep that guy on the show, that yeah, local talent on the exactly. show. Exactly. It, it, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have him come in and just kill somebody who I need to use next month, and he's not available because you know he's in New Japan or something. You know. So let's talk about Lance. Oh yeah, Lance is a missed opportunity. Like you said, what would you have done if you had to do it all over and you had Lance? Oh man, I would. Did, I, there was def, there were definitely plans to put a title on him. Yeah, which and one? The the Inspire Pro title, not the pure. Okay, not the pure. Yeah, he wouldn't really have been the pure guy. He, no. he was he was he was doing the psycho gimmick already at that point, right? Yeah, I mean, I hate to say this, but there was there were plans to have to turn Brandon into a super heel and his manager. I remember there were points. I think wasn't it supposed to be a match though? Wasn't he supposed to have like a guy to represent Brandon, and he was going to be in the corner and they fight Lance? Oh, and, it was going to be the champion. It would have been okay. Yeah, he was going to have like who was the champion? It was going to be was like Ricky? it was going to be Ricky Starks. Yeah, because you guys had built some tag matches around that too. Yeah, right. So what was supposed to happen was that yeah, Brandon was going to be in Ricky's corner, and then he was going to swerve Lance, and then jump into Lance's arms, and reveal himself <laughs> to be this heel. And for, and Brandon said he didn't want to do it because he said that it would interfere with his public persona. He said, I can't be a heel. I'll lose readership, which was the biggest pile of shit ever. How? I don't know, but it just, it just plays into this whole thing like how wrestling is... People think the audience is too smart, smart but then not smart enough. Yeah, they really pick and choose on the intelligence. Yeah, exactly. It's like, look, this is just... These damn marks out here, they don't know shit. Yeah, yeah, These marks are, they know too much about me. I can't do this angle. (laughs) The idea was just that, no, man, you're playing a character. And I I thought that it would have... It would have played to Brandon's strengths as of being a know-it-all kind of smug dickhead. I I think it would have been a lot easier to boo, you know? It seems like that's an opportunity to actually get more viewers... If you have a guy from New Japan and he's tearing up the Indies and you're in his corner and like you can give like this impartial story, he's never really impartial in any of his columns. No. And then like 
all this and then like go into a diatribe in the middle of your review of the New Japan show about how Lance Hoyt's the great like you could actually have some fun with that but no but not he, him he also never really promoted the product and he, it's not like he exposed this to any of his millions of viewers or readers uh-huh. so it's like why do you fucking care what you're doing in this one little fucking indie in Texas yeah. it drove me nuts because I would have been shit hot um, but also it was just hard because you know Lance Lance was like doing a lot of different stuff so it's hard to same with Jack Dane. You know, I would have oh, probably yeah. I wanted to do more with Jax, but the only time we ever knew that he was available was like always very last minute. Yeah. And I don't book shows like Jax books shows. Mm-hmm. I do them very laid out and I want to know what's going on and I want to be able to know that like I can create a compelling angle to bring people back. Yeah. Cuz it is our shows are episodic. Yeah. You know? Is there a major storyline you hated? In our company? Yeah, like a major one. I'm not talking like Kyle Hawk and, and Greg James Tag gimmick that you hated. There's no, not a single one I that you're like, no. oh, I wish I could do this different. No. Really? I haven't been really unhappy with anything. There were, there were some times when the execution was very poor, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would never say, oh, I wish I'd done this differently, or I wish I hadn't done this. I, there's nothing I really regret. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised. Really? Not, not not that I, I have you, my opinions on it because I thought all the ones I were in were great. Yeah. And I didn't I aside from like a couple that I didn't particularly care for, like uh, JoJo and Delilah Doom, where I think JoJo changed the finish in the match and he put Delilah over, I didn't like because I was like, No, she needs to be vulnerable. She needs she needs to lose this match and you you and JoJo were like Oh, that was brilliant. Good call, JoJo. And the, I was like, well, to me, I disagree. Well, but. to me, it was about the reaction that the crowd had, and and they're right. Yeah, and and that's that's the whole point of all this yes. is to get a reaction. Yeah, okay. and honestly, I think I think it I think it spoke better in a weird uh, social sense mm-hmm. the fact that she won, but just yeah. that moment. Um, but also, she was out of town. She was in California. I think it, she's still there. And I was like, Jojo, it, you just cost this company a lot of money right yeah, now. Yeah, basically. This and, is true. Um, sorry, I hit the table with okay. my elbow. That was me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, um, I, wasn't mad about, I wasn't mad about that because the mo- it created a moment. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to be mad at Jojo. I have yet to see him ever fail at a match an yeah. angle or something like that he well, really he did one, one he best. did one thing that i really hated in that match what he kissed delilah oh i don't remember yeah he kissed her he like i'm not a big her. fan of those spots anyway he, he, like, well yeah that's the thing is he was supposed to be just wrestling her like another opponent but he stopped in the middle of the match grabbed her face and like forced a kiss on her to get a reaction from her and i really hated that because it really kind of like yanked yank the, the sheet off of what it was supposed to be where we're not supposed to be treating we're not try, trying to sexualize anything or, or I think whatever. the only way I would have liked that is if she gave him the receipt and he was appalled by it yeah that <laughs> like, if she would have like later on in the match she gave him the kiss and he was like oh my god gross and he gave her the finish she gave oh him the finish god. something like that I would have been like okay with that would have been brilliant yeah but that's not what we got and I really really hated it you know just off the top of my head just, just thinking of that I really want to do a match uh, with a female wrestler where she doesn't think I'm equal. You're like, oh, fuck, look at this boy over here trying to wrestle with a woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and she doesn't strike me because I'm, I'm swinging at the air, and she's like, oh, look at this guy, like holding me back like a little kid, <laughs> like in the forehead. I would love to have a match like that with like a Vanessa Craven or something like oh, that. Man. It's like for Jessica Havoc, I'd be like, who's this little boy trying to wrestle with the big leagues? <laughs> you know, I just, I'd love to switch the roles. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs>